It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me, John Duke and the Celtics finally got that 4-0 streak that we've been trying to predict for quite some time, John. I know uh, we predicted a loss this past week, and I don't know if we predicted all the way through the Miami game or not, although I think we debated it, so maybe we laid it out there. But either way, you and I both thought that there would be a loss. I said it would happen against Toronto. You said you didn't like their chances on the second night of a back-to-back against Atlanta and the team really relying greatly on Kyrie Irving this week, who fortunately is on my fantasy basketball team and has just been racking it up. Uh, my team only sitting at 500 and now we're two, two above 500 and on our way to another one. Thanks to Kyrie's play as of late. But when we last left our listeners, we had that whole debate going on in social media, Kyrie calling out the team, lots of negative press there. And then he goes and calls LeBron, and here we stand now with the team really kind of snapping out of it, Kyrie apologizing. And while he's scoring tons of buckets and definitely the crucial ones at poignant moments in the game or important moments in the game, and he is uh, still getting up the assists, still involving the teammates, uh, he may be doing a lot of ISO, but it's still not quite the Isaiah Thomas or Paul Pierce pre-KG and Ray level that was sort of concerning me at certain moments of the season, nor was it something where he was deferring so much that other players just weren't able, that weren't able to, to knock down shots was really causing the team some wins. Um, we're obviously recording this right after the Miami game. The third quarter was fire, but the bench unit struggling, whereas the bench unit had been a big, big part of the Toronto sort of light your fire and walk away with the win. So a pretty interesting week all around. Still not confident in the consistency, but I think at this point we realized we're going to have to live with Kyrie asserting himself night in, night out. And I suppose there's a debate to be had there about what kind of toll that's going to take. Well, yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that there's nights when you're going to need this. You know, we're seeing right now James Harden and what he's doing in Houston. First, I don't think that's sustainable. And I don't think that he's, you know, I don't think that's what's happening here in Boston. But Kyrie is clearly the team's best player. He's clearly the player who, who stirs the drink, uh, as the old, you know, as, as that, that old saying goes. And I think that that's, 
he's he's actually I think doing he's playing the right level. I think he's he's passing when he needs to pass. He's shooting when he needs to shoot. It doesn't feel as disjointed as I think we saw at times earlier in the season where it seemed like it was kind of all or nothing. Now it seems like there's a nice mix. I mean, he was responsible for either an assist to or scoring himself the Celtics' last 25 points against Toronto. I mean, when you can do that, <laughs> that's uh, – and, and obviously, a lot of that was trade scoring. Kyrie. A lot of it was 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 trade a, Kyrie. Exactly, we're hearing that stuff. <laughs> it's insane, you know. And look, he's a great player. There, he is a winning player. This is, I think, this four game trip should prove that, uh, or four game homestand as it is. And now the question is, can they sustain it? That's what it's going to be from here on out. Can they take this and run it out? You know, they've got one more game. Uh, you know, before the Golden State game, you're looking ahead here. And then you can say they've won five in a row. Five in a row, you play Golden State, you play them tough. Then you got Brooklyn and then Charlotte. So if they can get, they need to be playing 700 basketball. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking for out of them. I'm looking for them to have a sustained run here over a period of time where they show that they can get, tie up a lot of wins, show that they're, they can play consistently. It's not so much I care about them getting wins and getting to a certain level, but what I want to see them do is have a style of play that they can rely upon and go back to. You know, I think that's really what we're looking for. It's not really so much of, well, you know, we lost, you know, this many, we won this. No, 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 no. It's about like, is this team a team you can rely upon? And we saw to, you know, I think a week ago, prior to a week ago, we wouldn't know from night to night. I think over this past week, we've seen much more of that consistent effort and hopefully some of that backbiting, some of that, that talk about who's not doing what and that kind of all kind of being washed out, uh, last week with Kyrie calling LeBron and whatever, but also an important point here that has, this hasn't got enough credit. Jalen Brown saying, look, enough. We got to come together. And after that, it seems things changed. I don't know if other things were going on in the locker room, but after Jalen Brown kind of stood up in front of those cameras and said, you know, hey, after a loss, mind you, a game when they should have, they should beat the Brooklyn Nets, he stood up in that locker room and said, look, we got to get together. We got to pull together. And they did. Well, it's interesting because you're right. There was a lot of calling out and all we've ever really heard. Obviously there's been leadership from Kyrie in the locker room, but most of the leadership that we've heard about has been the Marcuses. You know, Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart has lit the world on fire. And we'll talk about him next because all of a sudden he's really putting – you want to talk about consistency, how about that guy from three? So we'll revisit that. But, you know, it's almost like – and you're right. After a loss, what a poignant moment to say we got to come together. Not everybody kicking each other while they're down type of thing. But, uh hey, let's start lifting each other up. That's good culture. That is definitely something that we could probably point to. We keep talking about, hey, when they get on this road trip, this is when the culture is going to heal. It's almost like they had to see Kyrie get pissed off and Kyrie become frustrated to light the fire. But then, as you know, Kyrie couldn't fix it. Somebody else has to fix it. And then when that person fixes it, we get an apology out of Kyrie. And we can dovetail this into the LeBron debate for the discussion around him calling LeBron. But nobody knows disjointed locker room and conflict better than LeBron, who's been known to call out his teammates several times. Like, he's been in that position. You you know, I know all the media talk has been, you know, this way or that, but not necessarily that maybe the call to LeBron was, hey, buddy, 
I know this happened when we were teammates. You know, what do you think? How did it impact you? And then maybe LeBron had a little bit of like retrospective thought on that and said, you know, it's a dangerous game you play because if you lose your team, you could be in real trouble and it could be hard to dig back out of it. And then it just puts more responsibility on your shoulders as well because other guys aren't necessarily going to rise to the negative occasion that you've created in the culture. So great on Jalen Brown because no other players deserved more inconsistency criticism this season. There's one minute he's totally showing flashes. Another, you know, Marcus Morris is pushing on him. It's a whole issue. And you had to wonder if Kyrie actually meant those comments for Jalen Brown. And yet somehow Jalen Brown turns it around downtown. Downtown. <laughs> I just always want to go downtown with that. I know. Downtown. Yeah. Jalen Brown. Sure. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> At the end of the day, it's it's an ironic twist of events, which is probably what needed to happen. This team is about as eccentric in its culture that I've ever seen. I mean, it is really, really interesting. And the dynamics, if you just look at their body mechanics and effort on the – not body mechanics, but their body language and their effort on the floor on any given night, it's really hard to read what's going on inside of their heads. Yeah. I and mean, you can just see that they're like in and out and – the confidence, all of it, really just a waffling kind of personality uh, to this club. So great on on Kyrie for apologizing. I've got no issue with him calling LeBron, although I do think it's interesting that he reached out to a guy he seemed to be trying to escape from to solve or at least talk through this kind of an issue. And then, you know, like you said, Jalen Brown kind of picking a, an interesting moment to try to lift everybody up and say, this is not the time to divide. This is precisely the time to come together. Well, and, and, and to that point too, I mean, let, like, look at what, you know, a lot of what was said in the days after, of course we didn't have a show, so we weren't talking about it, but you know, a lot of the conversation as well, you know, Kyrie had to do what he did. He went to the well that uh, and did what LeBron would have done. I don't see it that way. I mean, I, I, if anything, this is kind of the ultimate of the, the, uh, the yin to that yang, you know? I mean, in LeBron's day. Well, the apology. LeBron, There's no apology well, coming from LeBron. Right. No, it, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it, it's the antithesis of really. It's the, the solution come from, comes from someone not the star player. Uh, there's an apology involved. Um, people seemingly come together and, um, you know, work together in, in, a, in a, as, as great a capacity as we've seen all year on the floor. Um, and it, it, it didn't, you know, it, did, it wasn't like passive aggressive. It wasn't like it just, it kind of played out like how, you know, relationships should, you know, work relationships or, you know, these types of things. And that's kind of, I mean, as a Celtics fan, it kind of, it kind of gets me excited because, you know, all those years you see LeBron do this stuff and you're like, well, you know, <laughs> the suckers, you know, you know, uh, oh, uh, is it a great that Miami's having a hard time dealing with, you know, LeBron being a petulant, you know, baby, you know, or, or say, or fighting with Dan Gilbert, all this stuff. And then when we've had this like internal strife, it's like, oh, geez, it's awful. And maybe he is, maybe Kyrie did bring some of that with him. You know, all that stuff gets dredged up, true or not. Now it's like, no, he called him. He apologizes. You know, you've got the younger player taking, you know, responsibility and be like, no, we all got to do better. And it's like, it's the antithesis of all of that. And it's led to winning, you know, and, and, and what more can you ask wow. for? Four yeah. and all since that point. That's, that's how it all should work. 
Yeah, and let's hope we see more of it. And I, you know, we'll we'll talk about Marcus Smart after our, you know, a, a quick Twitter announcement, I guess. But, um, but I will say that the one thing Kyrie did that LeBron would have done was he would then go out on the floor and make sure that he's not open for any criticism after making those statements. And and the part that might be even more different though is how quickly. He continued to involve his teammates. That was an important piece of that as well. But you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. CLNS Radio also has a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews, the Garden Report, the Roundtable, the Celtics Stuff Live, guys. Yep, that's us. So let's talk about Marcus Smart, right? Because this – and I know we touched on it last time, but the fact that it's continued through another week, just his hot shooting from outside, his confidence, this is really the big break. Remember year after year we're like, ah, maybe he'll break out in year two. Maybe he'll break out in year three. And I realized that – we're not going to be able to look at any of these years moving forward. You know, now that Kyrie's here, that we're really going to see a breakout year, but he finally has fought his way off of that second unit into the starting lineup. And he's knocking down those open corner threes. The only thing I noticed against Miami is Kyrie brought the ball up probably two third, a third of the way through the third quarter. And they're coming up and Marcus is flaring out on the wing wide open. And Kyrie looked him off twice. And I think it's because the offense was really trying to get into the middle and really attack, you know, uh, right up the gut against Miami's defense. And I think that was more of the bailout play. But I think one of them led to a Horford shot, and I think Kyrie attacked one time as well. But, you know, sometimes you see that, and it's like I'm still not sure that Marcus has, you know, full confidence to shoot that three. But, man, is he knocking it down. Oh, he's, he's killing it right now. And I, I was about to look up, you know, there, there's some number right now. He's, he's shooting 36% from three, almost 37% from three. Um, which if you had told us that, you know, at the start of the season, um, <laughs> these two guys who love Marcus Smart as much as anyone, uh, would be, you know, absolutely, uh, falling all over ourselves, but he's Remember shooting- where I was a year ago. Remember oh, yeah, where yeah. I was a year ago. How could I forget? <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, he's just killing it. As a starter, he's a 40% shooter for the year. So since that move to the starting lineup, um, you know, he's shooting 40%, which is perfect. That's, that's everything you want. So he's a low usage, uh, high efficiency now, three point well, he shooter. He gets a lot of space too in that starting can, lineup. Lots right. of shooters out there and, you know, in my, against Miami, Al had a great game. I mean, really just a great game against Miami. About, about as good as I think we've seen him play consistently. I mean, obviously they didn't need him so much down the stretch in the final yeah. moments when Kyrie took over. But in that third quarter, there was a lot going on from Al Horford's point of view and he needed an incredible amount of athleticism. Sometimes he needed strength and he still got it all done, which was great. But I think he's one of the pieces that really helps Marcus get open because you know Al can shoot that three too. The spacing really does give Marcus just that little bit of extra time that I think helps him, 
you know, shoot that as more of a set shot than a fourth shot with the shot clock running out, which we know is has always been his favorite three. It's not like he's an early in the shot clock, uh, shot clock three point shooter. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Well, he's you know he's he's shooting forty eight percent this month uh, from three. So. Let's, I mean, uh, that can, that's unprecedented for him. It, it, that no, won't continue. No way he's right? done that before. Right? No, no, probably not. I mean, he's th- he was 37% in November, uh, you know, and 32 in December. So not, he had a little bit of a rough month there. We'll see what, what happens as this continues, but dude, I'd take him at 35, six ways till absolutely. Sunday with that defense. And yep. that's amazing. He seems to have figured something out. And when you put him in the starting lineup and you, and you allow him to do that, that just allows everything else to move so much easier. You can't overplay Kyrie. You can't overplay. Uh, and if he can do this on a consistent basis, um, it's, it's going to really be problematic for the defense. Um, you know, and, and Marcus Morris is continuing to shoot well. He's continuing to do what he, he's doing. I think I'm hoping that Jason Tatum here, uh, against Miami, uh, a little bit against, you know, he, he can get going. I felt like tonight, uh, that they were really trying to get Tatum going, but you know, he's really the only one who hasn't been able to keep pace. It was great because at the start of the game. He was. And he definitely, I, I mean, yeah. what, he had like 20-something points right on, right on 20, 21, so. something yeah, like that. Yeah. I just don't have the box score in front of me, but he definitely had a much better night. He seemed to be uh, – his shot seemed to be smooth. That was the thing that was concerning me. You know, there's something about his release, almost like he was trying to change the mechanic. Or sometimes it would look kind of almost lazier. Like he's so smooth, it almost looks lazy sometimes when yeah. he shoots. It and does. it almost looked a little bit lazier for a while. And then it was really snappy in the wrist. And I was like, what is going on? But uh against Miami, uh, at least when he was taking the shots, yeah, it looked like he kind of had that rhythm back. I, I think that, yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was going is like, you know, if Smart can do this, you know, then I think you really start to build off Tatum. And you try to get him going because clearly Kyrie's got it going. We know that. Uh, I think Horford has shown quite a bit more fight, uh, particularly on the offensive end. Some of his scoring uh in, in that second half against Toronto was just huge. I mean – Huevos Grandes. I mean, he was, he was killing it, man. I mean, he, those, if those shooters can start doing what they're doing, now you, maybe now you can start with Tatum and try to build his offensive game. So he's a real second option. Right now, I don't feel like he's a second option to the team, but if you have Smart doing what he's doing, or even if, like you said, 36%, 37%, if he's shooting 36, 37% from three, you can now you can focus your energies on Tatum and okay, everything else is working. Now let's get Jason Tatum and build him up into being a guy who is that second option. If Kyrie doesn't have it going, I think he's doing a much better job of creating now. I think they're working on that. So to me in the second half of the season, if everything else stays, stays, stays static, which it won't, but you hope it does. You just try to build up Tatum into being that second guy. Well, to get him going. Yeah, to get him going, that he needs to keep going to the hole. I mean, that was something Absolutely. he did against Miami and lots of athletic defenders, you know, guarding the paint on that team. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he still created that space and was able to lay those off the glass, but that's what we saw last year when Tatum and Brown really took their leap during that stretch of injuries. There was a lot of Tatum going to the rim. And, and I realized that Kyrie needs that space. But to your point, they ought to start creating it for 
Tatum as well and letting him continue to do that because that's really what it all builds off for him. He's got to stay. It's almost like, I don't want to say ADHD because that's, you know, that's a way overshoot on this. But my point is it's, he needs to be actively involved in the offense to really stay in that rhythm. And we've seen that with Brown too, but Brown just isn't as critical and he could still get some buckets in transition that he's going to get here and there just about every single night off, off that second unit. But Tatum was the focal point last year. And now he's sometimes the third, maybe even the fourth option to Morris, right? And if Horford's out there and they're trying to work it inside. So that's a major step back. And I feel like he's trying to figure out after a rookie season where his utilization rate just went up and up and up and up. How do I stay? It's not that he isn't still involved. You know, he's playing the defense. He's doing everything else. But how does he stay ready offensively with lower utilization? Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough for a young guy, especially a young guy that's predominantly known as a shooter. Yeah, no, that's right. And I, and I think that that's a lesson that he and Jalen, for that matter, and Rozier, you know, they're all, it's like, how do I contribute to winning? The only way I know how to contribute to winning on the teams that I've played on for the beginning of my lifetime is I score the ball. I'm the team's best scorer. Well, that guy over there with the 11 jersey is the team's best scorer. There aren't many other teams that are going to have somebody else who can say, you know, that they're better than that guy. So I have to provide other ways of, of, of being uh, a productive member of this team leading to winning. It's a hard thing to do, you know, but I, it's I think- why those are usually positions held by vets. Absolutely. That's that, where you usually go and get the guys that are going to fill those roles and they're used to it. And it's the reason that Morris and Smart are in that starting lineup now because they're the ones they know. that are capable of doing what you just said. So we'll be right back. First, I'm going to tell you, Boston sports fans, if you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza, well, I bet you do. I bet you're tired of paying for all those inflated markups from brokers or the last-minute convenience charges that add up just to end up paying courtside prices for nosebleed seats. Well, I've got something for you. Go to one in 100co That's O-N-E-I-N-1-0-0 dot C-O. You feeling lucky? Try it out now. There's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events. And it's a totally new way to score tickets to see the Boston Celtics. Now, here's the thing. The cost to get those tickets with one in 100 could be a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You could win tickets for less than the cost of a beer, but it's a raffle ticket and you can get a free one after signing up. So the experience of using one in 100 is extremely fun and exciting from picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. Are you feeling lucky? Try it. One in 100.co. That's O-N-E-I-N 100.co. And Robinhood, an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. This non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence is here for you today. I have friends that have been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies, and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's easy-to-use app. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every single trade? What? Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. How's that? Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. There's also custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right opportunity to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of our podcast a free stock 
like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at CelticStuff.RobinHood.com. That's CelticStuff.RobinHood.com. All right, John, where do you want to go next? Oh, man, I don't know. Well, I can't even remember what we had in the rundown. We've touched on a little bit of everything. Yeah, so. I think we almost did the whole podcast all we, in one Maybe we look ahead. Right the gate. Tell you what, well, we, we talked a little bit about LeBron, but but do we look ahead to Golden State? Is that Yeah, uh, DeMarcus Cousins got to play yeah. his first game the other night there. So, you know, he's returning, so they're supposed to be getting stronger. But for the most part, they haven't been that tight this year, but they're still they're still them. So – very dangerous for sure. They're, they're not going them. anywhere. They're still them. I mean, uh, they, yeah, they, they're very slowly, like you look at like how they've done since, you know, like their last, let's say their last seven games, for example, net rating wise, they're number one. They're, they're, uh, they're net rating, they're 18th, they have 18 net rating of 18 over the last seven games. So, and they played some good teams in that stretch. They're, they're, I think they're going to be a problem. It should, it should come to no shock. I think the idea that somehow that they were going to, you know, not get it together, I, I think was foolish. They're, they're going to be strong in June. Uh, I don't know if they'll be as strong as we would all expect they could be. Uh, but I, and I don't think that the wounded warriors that we saw of December, let's say, I don't think that's going to be a problem uh, come June. They'll they'll be in the finals. Don't you worry about the Golden State Warriors. You don't you don't think Houston can really give them a run this year, huh? Hell no, 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 no. You I, think, I think it's just going to be beasting, right? No, I don't. Well, no, I think I think it's it's going to be Clay and and Steph, and it's going to be the the show that we've seen for the last five years. I think it's. Are they bored with the finale. regular season? You think that's? I think part they of it? were. Yeah, I think they were. And, and the I grind think, of going to the finals year yep. after year, it takes a toll. I think that having somebody like Boogie can revitalize them a bit, you know, can give them that little quick little boost um, that they need to kind of, uh, let's, let's try it. This is something new here. Let's see how this works. Can we figure out how to, how to play with a big man who has all these skills and, uh, you know, I mean, He's still boogie. He's going to get thrown out of games and, you know, all that's going to happen. But they are, um, I think it's like, it's like a new toy. You know, it's like, wow, what can we do with him? You know, <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's great, but the chemistry issues are still there. They're, they're going to, they're, it's just the idea that somehow they're not going to make the finals. I mean, that's lunacy. They're in the finals. Yeah. The even question, boogie will keep himself in connected check. enough. Yeah. Even Boogie will yeah. keep himself in check through the postseason. I mean, it's not like he's had a lot of opportunities to be there, right? So this, this no, the, he'll no, play, he'll no, be no. on his best behavior. Um, even if he gets, you know, a T or several T's, he's not going to get thrown out of a game. I think he'll be, I think he'll be right about how he's, you know, during the season because he's coming back from injury. He's got to get himself going somehow. Absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, the game in Boston will be an interesting dynamic for him because, you know, the, he's ground. He's going to have to chase Horford. He's going to have to, you know, uh, you know, play out on the perimeter. He's going to have to do all the things he wants to do. Um, the nice thing about the Celtics when they play the Warriors is that, you know, you've got to worry about Draymond, no doubt, but, um, they haven't been a great rebounding team this season. So, you know, some of the, the, the shortcomings that the Celtics have had, 
in a way, it's kind of that, that Spider-Man meme where the two Spider-Men are pointing at each other. I mean, there's a little bit of similarity there, um, except one Spider-Man has like, uh, you know, four future Hall of Famers on, you know, it's just, it's not exactly a one-to-one, but who knows? I, 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 th- I think it's going to be a fascinating game. If the Celtics keep playing the way that they, they have been, uh, I think it could be interesting. I think that that, I think it could be a preview, preview of the finals. Um, but what we need to see out of Boston, it's a much more dubious as to whether or not the Celtics can get there than, than the Warriors. And I don't think that's even a question. You yeah. know, I think it's, it's more of, you know, how do they match up? And the Celtics have played their best games of the year by far against teams that they view as competitors and, and, uh, rivals. So I expect nothing but the finest, uh, in terms of what the Celtics will bring to the table on Saturday night. Well, you know, they've always played them tough in the past, you know, especially back when Avery Bradley would be guarding Steph Curry. That was always fun to watch. It's going to be a prime timer. That's for sure. Everybody's going to be watching. Uh, it will be a nice barometer to see just how much this team really has come together. Um, you know, since kind of the, the dysfunction, I guess it hit it, hit, hit its, uh, you know, final breaking point or the tipping point. Yeah. So it will be a good barometer, even if they lose the game, you know, is, is the full effort there. That's one thing we have seen consistently though this season is when they're played a, playing a big opponent, you know, the efforts there, you look at yep. the first Toronto yep. game and Toronto yep. just, yes, Toronto beat them up in the closing minutes, but it wasn't like we were looking at the team going, where's yeah. the effort? Where's the effort? Right. So, I, I think there's somewhat of the thrill of the opponent thing that happens to this team where, you know, people don't know what their role is, but when the moment and the lights are bright and, you know, they know that everybody's watching and they know that like, this is the one, I mean, it almost points to the fact that, you know, these, maybe these players were sort of taking, you know, their excellence for granted, similar to what we were just describing with golden state, except they really hadn't earned it yet. Right, exactly. They read the headlines, but they weren't really the subject of them. You know, I, yeah, that's, I think that's a great point. And, and, you know, when you have, uh, one thing that we're looking for, we have young players, you know, inconsistency is part and parcel of the whole, the whole experience. What, what's great though, is that they've been able to take, um, these last few games, Toronto accepting, because I think, Apart from, you know, we've always seen them play well against the good teams this year. That's, that we knew was, what was going to happen. But going against Memphis the next, you know, two dates later, uh, a team that's kind of spunky and will, you know, push back, uh, same with Atlanta, who has played very well. Uh, and then you have, you know, Miami. Those are three teams that really, if you're not careful, they'll kick you in the teeth and they'll beat you. And, you know, all, all three of those really gave the Celtics a run as you would expect them to, but the Celtics talent wore out. And I think that's now, maybe that's a sign that the Celtics are now realizing this is who we are. This is how we have to play. This is our, our, our average level of ability, our average turnout, our average production. This is what we can do. And we're able to uh, do that on a regular basis because we know we can do that. And, and that allows us to get those wins over, you know, the, the average, uh, spunky, t- you, know, old, you know, like a Celtics of 2014 team that, that punches above its weight class. And to see them do that, maybe on a consistent basis, at least over the last three, that gives you hope, I think, that, that maybe they've turned the corner on that consistency piece. 
Well, they're seven and three in their last ten, right? And they've they've kind of fell way out, but they've been hanging around in that fifth spot. So here they are getting to a point where hopefully if they play well enough, they might be able to climb up to that third seed. I mean, they're five and a half games out of first. That's a lot of room to make up. Obviously, that Toronto win helps a lot. Uh, but, you know, and we're not even at the all-star break yet. You've seen teams carve three, four games, especially at that later stage. It's almost like the teams at the top slip a little every year, you know, in that final, like, three to four weeks. Um, and so the Celtics are going to have to pour it on. They're not going to have that luxury if they want to gain position in the postseason. But every really good team in the Eastern Conference, anyway, has always had a little bit of a slip. Even the Celtics, uh, not no exception to that, have slipped in that final month of the year. So it will be interesting to see if they'll be able to almost climb up during that stretch and, and make up some more ground. But But honestly, if they can just make up, I guess they're two and a half games out of third right now, that's totally reachable. And even if they only finish within a game or two of Toronto and Milwaukee, that would almost be shocking based on the way that this year has gone to start out and really into January. Um, that would be ideal. They did not miss the January doldrums, though, right? Coming out of the holidays and hitting January, oh. it's like wash, rinse, repeat with this with this team, no matter who's on it and who's healthy. <laughs> It's funny when you go on the basketball reference page for the Celtics, you know, they have the, the green lines, the really tall ones for when they, they win and the red ones when they lose that go below the line. And it's funny because you look at it and it's, it's like, you know, December, green, 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 green. And they get to those doldrums of January, but they have, you know, look, they had, they still had a four game winning streak in the middle. They're on the middle of a, a second four game winning streak. You know, they, they played well at home. They've had these, these hiccups, um, you know, on the road. But maybe, you know, this, this last little run of going to Atlanta is, is a sign of where they're going. Let's hope. Because there's gonna, they're gonna spend a lot of time on the road here in February and March and April. And so they really need to start getting comfortable on the road. Um, <laughs> they can't fix quickly. the culture on the road, so they better fix it while they're at home because they're gonna need it on the road. All right. Well. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you, this podcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. And the outtakes this week are the fact that John's internet connection totally crapped out on us. I think that was pretty much the end of the show on topics anyway. But, yeah, John, I miss you. We'll talk next week. Darn.